Let's go! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Benchtown TV. I am Paul, and with me are Luke and Jimmy. And today we are hitting you guys with episode four of WandaVision titled We Interrupt This Program. And this was a juicy one. We got a lot of good content, and this is what we were dying for. And we finally got it after three full episodes. This episode was great. It was, to me, by far the best one. Um, it's been getting better every single episode as we've been going through throughout the season, which is kind of expected. But this one really did a lot of filling in the blanks of a lot of theory talks we've been bringing up through the first three episodes. So I really appreciate it all. And I, I love Kat Dennings. Yeah, I'm a simp for her. And she, she reminds me of, um, I forget, what's Nell's actor's name? From the Haunting of Hill House. Victoria Pedretti. Yeah, man. So she's always going to have a soft spot for for Kat Dennings, who plays Darcy Lewis. And she was great taking the spotlight for this episode, along with the sword agent, James E. Wu. They were just phenomenal characters. And it feels mm-hmm. kind of, I feel kind of guilty saying that this was the best episode because Wanda and Vision weren't really in it. <laughs> but objectively, I think it was the best one. I mean, definitely so far with what they gave us. And I, every time I see Wu, I just think he's Kim Jong-un from the interview. And that's that's every, yeah. time, every time he spoke, I was like, Dave Skylark. And like, I was <laughs> thinking of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was great to see Dr. Darcy. Um, we haven't seen her since Thor and Dark World, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a while. It's super cool how they brought her back and t- uh, ties it in. She's just hysterical. I mean, she's the perfect Marvel MCU character. She's just mm-hmm. funny. She's she's a great comic relief character. Uh, we haven't seen her in seven years, and they're just like, hey, let's bring her back. Yeah, she's so sassy. I mean, they're all in the truck going to the site, and they're not supposed to talk. And she's like, all right, so this guy's a Boy Scout leader. And then it goes around, and mm-hmm. finally he's like, uh, I'm a chemical engineer. Yeah, nobody cares. Like, <laughs> she's just perfect and the way she handled just discovering which i like how they call it the west view anomaly i like how we kind of got some verbiage there because we didn't even know what it was just like an alternate reality oh we got so many good specifics and we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. about it as we go through like the whiteboard scene with with jimmy woo is full of good background information that clears up a bunch of things just kind of analyzing and laying it out so you don't have to really question some of the some of the basic things when darcy and Wu would have a conversation they were literally asking the questions that we were asking they yeah were like, why sitcoms like why all this mm-hmm. marvel's and, totally just trolling us dude yeah man jimmy i think you said it on the first or second episode but jesus this could be unbelievable when it's finished i'm just i the, my expectations for this series is so much higher a- after watching episode four this really did, yeah. did it for me. Episode three was turning it up and it was starting to prove, like you said, what I said in ep- for episode one and two or in episode one, where I just thought it was going to be one of the best things they put out. It was turning it up in three. I thought it was proving my point. And in this episode where it's just all pretty much outside of the anomaly or the bubble or whatever you want to call it and starting to explain stuff, I just it was yeah. phenomenal. It was so good. Are we ready to just jump right through? Because, you know, we're going to be crushing our own theories that we brought up as we go through and talk about the information that we've been presented here. But yeah, um... it was awesome. I thought I thought it was sick. It's just we have our one of our main characters of the episode, Geraldine, or as we now know, Monica Rambo. She is reverse 
I, I guess this happens right after um, Endgame, right? So it's the reverse snapping or the blip, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, where she's coming back and everyone that disappeared through th- the Thanos snap are just reappearing randomly where they disappeared from. And that would just be an insane world event. And this is the coolest perspective I think we've gotten of a result this, of the, the reverse snapping. Yeah, this is the first time we've ever seen the reverse blip. Pretty yeah. much. Well, well uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is when we first got it, um, and we got a little bit of like people coming in, like to the gymnasium, like the band just a blips in in the middle of a game. Um, but you are right that we didn't get too much other than that, and this is exactly what would happen in a crowded hospital where people are just coming back and basically doubling capacity. Everything's like, dude, why are you asking me questions? I don't know what the hell is yeah. going on. <laughs> Yeah, can you imagine being Monica Rambo's running around being like, where's my mom? Where's my mom? And these nurses are like, bro, I just showed up, man. It's been three <laughs> yeah. years. I've been gone. <laughs> yeah, I like how that one chair that she woke up in when she blipped back into didn't move for years. It's perfectly yeah. where she was. <laughs> but it was like a real hot start. I mean, it didn't even start um, in like black and white. We got straight to them giving us a bunch of good information and then it ended the opening scene ended with a doctor basically telling her like, you've been gone for like five years. Your mom's dead. She died like three years ago. Then we get the opening title sequence. And just for those who don't know, Monica Rambo's mom, it's hinted at right there is Maria Rambo, who was a big character in the captain Marvel movie. And we go on to find out that she was the person who started the sword organization. So she's, that's just like good tie-ins all around for the MCU. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything else about Maria Rambo that re- is really important? The only other thing that I'm going to say is that Maria Rambo, you, you see in a little bit, her name was Photon as a superhero. Monica Rambo in the comics, she takes that name from her mom. So I don't know if she's going to do that. You know, obviously right now she doesn't have any powers, but she's probably going to get them because she does in the comics. So when she becomes a superhero, if she comes becomes a superhero in the MCU, we would assume her name is going to be Photon. The next scene that we got is Rambo going into this sword building. And I guess she has her old card from like five years ago. It doesn't work. And she's getting questioned by the dude at the front desk. And this guy, Tyler, walks up and he says, hey, don't you know who this is? This is Monica Rambo. She's basically runs this shit. And Tyler, it's just such a weird name for an older man. I don't know why. I feel like Tyler should be like a teenager's name or something like that. I think that's acting director Hayward, okay, Paul? Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. I'll call Get your head Hayward. out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> they, they ended up kind of talking. He's giving her the lowdown on what's going on. And at one point, he stops her and says, hey, I just want to bring up the awkwardness and let you know that you should have been here to figure out who is going to be the replacement for your mother. And she's like, Hey, don't worry about it. Like you were the best choice. And he says he was the only choice, which I don't know if that was referring to anybody else in the organization. Like, well, I guess during the blip, he was saying that there wasn't any other options. So, but he's also trying to also be nice. I'm guessing. Gotcha. I think it's important to talk about, we already talked about in episode one, I brought up that S.W.O.R.D. was standing for Sentient World Observation and Response Division, and now in the MCU, it's Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division, and they actually explain it in this first scene, where back when Maria Rambo created S.W.O.R.D. and Monica Rambo was around to be part of S.W.O.R.D., 
it was about, you know, exploring space and exploring what's going on in the universe and things like that. But now it's just, it's focusing on weapons. And he said, it's been pretty grounded since I guess, whatever, since shit started hitting the fan, I guess maybe in Avengers one or with the aliens coming down or whatever. He pretty much said, listen, there's a lot of villains in, in the universe that we're not really ready to deal with. So we're, we're grounded. So what we go on to, to get after this conversation, the end of it is Tyler explaining to her that there's a protocol in place that if she were, if higher ups in sword were ever to blip back in and be a part of the universe, that they're going to be, I don't know, assigned to terrestrial only missions mm-hmm. or something like that. So, so basically this is just their way of connecting the dots. how, Monica Rambo gets put onto the missing persons case, which he actually goes in to say a man, right? Doesn't he specifically say a male missing person? Or am I making that up? Well, first I want to rewind and, and ask you guys, was that supposed to be a protocol for all people blipped back? Cause he said Maria made it for when Monica comes back. I didn't know if it was for all of them or just for Monica when she comes back. I took it as all of them. Okay, because Monica was pissed, and then she was like, yeah, and then he was like, yeah, your mom made the protocol. So it could be the mom, as the director, made the protocol for everyone, mm-hmm. and she's just one of the ones that looked back. Yeah. But I don't know if, if it was a male. I can't remember exactly, but it's obviously one of those situations where it's a missing persons report that turns into, like, this huge thing. And I don't think we're really worrying about the missing person right now. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Are we? I haven't it, even really thought about it. Is that something we care about, or is it a, is it a coincidence that they have a missing person that turned into oh shit? Now Westview is a bubble. Yeah, and they sent the FBI for a missing persons, and that seems I don't know pretty steep. So maybe this missing person was some higher up that got caught up in Wanda's anomaly. Yeah, Jimmy explains that it's uh, what a uh, someone in protective custody that disappeared or he's people can't find him anymore mm-hmm. or something which he's probably like you said he's probably just in the town but nobody knows anything about the town because that if you're outside it doesn't exist right now mm-hmm. I, like the cops now that we're talking about it like this you're probably right it's probably that simple i was just tinfoil hat thinking that it could have potentially revolved around vision's missing body and he would have been the missing persons that they're looking for because of the whole deleted scene that never got released where wanda uh, where wanda takes vision's body from the burial site uh, we've talked about that before right that was supposed to be a scene that got cut from Endgame. so mm-hmm. i thought it could have been sword looking for vision's body to use it for whatever uh that's definitely it could be a thing that would make sense because they've made remarks multiple times where vision is like a multi-billion dollar piece of machinery they're mm-hmm. not just gonna be okay with it like losing it they want to keep tabs on it so it could be the missing persons, but right. So basically this leads Monica on this whole journey to Westview. And then this is where we get the introduction, the reintroduction of James Wu brought him up a little bit earlier and the internet's going absolutely crazy over the character <laughs> development of the card <laughs> from the Ant-Man shout out, which is honestly dope. That's just a cool yeah. subtle thing that they didn't need to put in there, but it's just a good, if you're paying attention, that's just a cool callback. Anyway, we find out, that James James Wu and Monica are talking to the two sheriffs and they're sitting by the sign and it's the sign of the city Westview. And they're just talking about how weird everything is. And you, you find out that the cops themselves don't have any real memories of this town. They say they're from Eastview. This is just all this reality distortion that's 
that's just making it so normal people can't go into Westview. And that's what we've kind of been theorizing. It's like a bubbled city and it has its own protections around it through Wanda's powers. Yeah, I was confused at first whether like Wanda just made these cops up to keep people out. But it, but it was really weird to see them standing there saying Westview doesn't exist with the sign of Westview right mm-hmm. there. But their like squad car did say Eastview. So Eastview is a thing. So I, yeah, I guess they're just completely like brainwashed. Yeah. And the one thing I wanted to bring up since Luke, I know you're freaking standing for Mephisto. You want them bad. There's a little Easter egg here where the sheriffs are saying, you know, they're from the town of Eastview and Mephisto is also like considered Lucifer. And in the satanic Bible, it says that one of the princes of hell, Lucifer, his domain is the East. So I don't know if that means anything. And people are also saying that if you look at the cop cars, their license plate number says 1966. And they're saying flip the nine and 666. I don't know if that really matters, but. <laughs> you never know with Marvel, man. They love to do those little things. So mm. so the right, cops, they just, do they disappear? Or do they just drive away? I know they get well, they, the car. Yeah. Do they, they drive back into Westview and disappear or do they turn around? Because we know you disappear if you go into the bubble. Yeah, and that's what I thought they did because their car was facing that way. So if they got in and just drove away without turning around, they drove right into it. And I didn't see them. But either way, Monica and Wu didn't react to that at all. They just started talking and they got into a conversation about how Wu hasn't gone in yet because she says, you can feel it, right? It doesn't want you to go in. Like, it hasn't let me gone in yet. Yeah, that was a cool line by him. And that, again, explains why it's it, you can't just stumble into this town. It's it's The magic is pushing you away. Her powers are pushing you away. But then Monica yeah. goes on to ask some some really good questions, some audience questions, you know, saying like, what is the radius of this? And maybe if you have a personal connection to the town, you can't remember that it exists. Like she's asking some good stuff. I love when writers put that those kind of things in there. And then that leads her to do the experiment, which with the colored drone sword ship thing that we saw i think it was episode one right yeah so the the little helicopter thing she uses i don't know if it's the exact one because we find out a little bit later that the sword drones are turning into helicopters and that's that they specifically show the one drone that they put in Hmm. come turn into the red but hers is the captain marvel colors so it's the Carol Danver colors on the helicopter, which I guess is just another like callback to her being from Captain Marvel and being friends with Captain Marvel. But yeah, it's, like you said, I mean, I'm sure it turned into the same thing like when it went through the bubble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they watched it go through. They said where to go. It was just right there. It disappeared. We were standing in the background going, Rambo, Rambo, be careful. Don't do it. And she just doesn't care. <laughs> anyway, just sticks her hands in there and it just pulls her right through. And that's the last we see of her for a while. Yeah, then enter baby girl, Darcy Lewis. And we, we kind of yeah. talked about this scene a little bit, right, Paul? You covered it. She's, mm-hmm. in, she's, getting, she's getting called to the site so she can use her expertise to help diagnose what the fuck is going on with this town. They're bringing in astrophysicists, nuclear biologists, artificial intelligence experts, chemical engineers, all these random expertises that don't have any really thing, anything in common. And that just confirms to her that they have no idea what the hell is happening. Yeah, she called Mm -hmm. it a full clown car. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And 
she gets to the site and there's this dude and you could just tell from his haircut that he was just a <laughs> dick. Like he had the the drill sergeant special haircut. <laughs> short and sticking straight up. And he's like, oh, like, first of all, he calls her Miss. And she's like, it's doctor. And he leads her to her your desk with all the equipment set up. And he's being like really snappy. She says she's asking him questions because as they walk to her office, they kind of pan over the sword site that they set up just in 24 hours. And in this scene, we get uh, three or four drones get sent in. So they're basically just kamikazing them at this point. Hmm. And she asked the drill sergeant, I forget his actual name. I'm just going to call him that. What information or any information they were getting from the drones. And he said, that's classified. So she was like, Oh no. So you're not getting any information from them. Mm -hmm. So they basically, don't know anything and they're sending guys in there too yeah and she's a great scene partner with someone like him who's supposed to be like just straight strict humorless and she just plays off him so well i mean and she also like she's another great character because she's a freaking astrophysicist so she's smart as shit too you Mm -hmm. know and she obviously takes control of the situation right here and starts setting stuff up and figuring shit out when everyone else isn't finding anything out Mm mm-hmm yeah, she does a test and says there's a bunch of CMBR waves, so cosmic microwave background radiation. And she says, oh, like there's something superimposed on these wavelengths. Gets a machine, plugs it in, and is like getting a little visual. And it's insane. She's like, all right, I need an old TV, mm-hmm. one that's not flat. And you don't get the actual TV for like a, f- a few more scenes a little bit but it's so wild to watch them watch a show that we just watched like last week yeah that was satisfying that that was the clips basically we were seeing at the end of episode might have been one or two but that's just great but it also knocks off the theory that we brought up where it was a villain or somebody keeping her in there and watching her keeping tabs so we got a lot of those answers here and I, right around this part, too, we, we get the beekeeper reveal, too. Is there anything else you want to say about the cosmic microwave yeah, background I d- part? I just wanted to say that it was a really freaking satisfying explanation. Yeah. I was waiting. Like, we were talking about in episode one or two when they show that they're being watched as a TV show. And you guys are talking about it. And I kind of shut up because I was like, I just really didn't think. I, I was like, is this symbolism? Like, how are they going to explain that someone's watching this TV show as we're watching this TV show? I really thought it was going to be either a stupid explanation or some kind of symbolism. So the Me fact too. that they actually figured something out that makes it make sense, quote unquote, I love it. It's so good. It's funny because they do have the same credits role when they're watching it, but it's actually the writers of WandaVision in real life, <laughs> but they're in the swords. It's it's like so confusing to think about. One other thing we get to is at the end of the scene, Darcy's taking notes and she's like, oh, that's actually cute. And then she closes the notebook and pushes it towards the monitor. This is the short little visual and teaser that we got episode one at the end. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that that's a great call. I, I noticed that, too. And do you guys want to bring up the CMBR thing again or are we going to be done with that? Because there's something I wanted to talk about for that. Go for it. Yeah. The CMBR uh darcy explains that it's literally what residual residual radiation from the big bang right Mm -hmm. uh hayward director hayward is all happy that she's finally getting him some answers but again 
This is just explaining how freaking strong Wanda is. Her powers are giving off radiation that is like the Big Bang mm-hmm. that created the universe. Yeah, that's amazing. You know? We just watched so, Endgame, yeah. and it was so funny to see Wanda come back in. Uh, you know, after Banner snapped, got everybody back, and the big fight's going on. And when she goes to see Thanos, she has that cool line, like, you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. She is about to rip him apart and he would die. But the only reason is because he called and said, like, do the airstrike from the ships or whatever. And basically blew up the whole battlefield. She was going to kill Thanos. Like she's that strong. People high up in the Marvel universe, or I guess the, the directors of the movie, I forget who specifically said it, but they have confirmed that Wanda could have taken Thanos basically by herself. Yeah. They've said she's one of the strongest entities. And I mean, she is in the comics as well. And, I think, I, yeah, we were saying this on our Benchtown TV Instagram because I posted something about Homelander versus Scarlet Witch and people were trying to figure out who would win. And we commented that one-on-one with Thanos, a lot of people thought she was going to beat him. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can Definitely. beat Thanos. I'm a mess. I'm such a wreck. Hey Geekscapists, with Valentine's Day around the corner, we've decided to hook you up. Geekscape has partnered with the video dating app Filter Off to bring you a free and fun video speed dating event on Saturday, February 13th. To take part, all you've got to do is download the Filter Off dating app to your smartphone. Find the Geekscape event in RSVP with the code GEEKSLOVE2. That's T-O-O, because we do love to. You don't have to wait until Valentine's to use the app either. It's fun and free, and Matt Kelly has already racked up a ton of dates on it. So, what have you got to lose? Download Filter Off, and we'll see you on February 13th. Geekscape forever. All right, so I think we're going to talk about the beekeeper again in a little bit, but we do find out that they're sending the beekeeper in because they're unaware if the bubble around Westview goes under the ground, right? So they're going to just attempt mm-hmm. to get into the city without, you know, just thinking outside the box. But a line comes up where Jimmy Wu confirms that the beekeeper would be the second sword agent they'd be sending in there you know the first being monica and they say like the first one hasn't even returned yet but what that does mean for us theory wise is that nobody else in the town is a planted sword agent right meaning oh that that's true yeah like agnes isn't part of this she could be she's Mm -hmm. gonna be like her own entity um dotty dotty Yep. Mm-hmm. I always fucking forget the first letter of her name. Like I want to <laughs> say like Thotty. Thotty. It's actually that's actually a really good call because I didn't take it like that and I really should have. I just took it like how he was saying, you know, why the hell are we bringing a second person in when Monica's in there? We don't even know if she's okay because at the time we haven't seen her on the TV yet. So they're saying we don't know if she's okay. We don't have any info from her and you're just going to let another person walk through this radiation field. You know, you don't even know if going underground will be okay. Right. So, but yeah, that is actually, that's a really good call saying that. So that does check off a couple of things for our theory. So Agnes is not a plant. Dottie's not a plant. And a little bit later we find out that almost every single other character is a, is a person from the town. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, also in this scene with the, where 
Jimmy says that is the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers. And I just thought that was hilarious because it's exactly what it is. And we talked about earlier. It's so satisfying how they explained it. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull it off as well as they did, but that's why I have such optimism for the series going forward. Uh, It's it's going to be so good. It's going to be exactly what Jimmy said. It's going to be groundbreaking. Yeah. But we get the director after he kind of learns a little bit about what's going on, saying like, "All right, like I need an analysis. Everybody, break up. We need to figure out what's going on in this sitcom." So we get this little montage of them basically figuring out the residents and what their actual identities are. And this is where they start. We get like the hearts are named and identified and then norm uh visions co-worker is and we do get a few shots of jimmy Wu writing on a whiteboard mm-hmm. and that whiteboard was perfect because it was literally what exactly what we needed it's what we know what we don't know what we failed at doing and i wrote some most of it down that we could see so under the what what we don't know column they had why is it hexagonal So we know it's hexagonal. Why sitcoms? Is it the same space and time? And I think that's confirmed when Geraldine gets thrown out. Yeah. And they're seeing stuff in real time later when Jimmy's talking through the radio. Like that's Mm -hmm. happening. So, I mean, they don't know that they see it because they kind of flicker. It blips it. Yeah. Yeah, we know. And the last one they had is, is Vision Alive. So they such don't a troll that. job, dude. We're all we're all wondering. Yeah. I know. Um, they have failed attempts at communication. They just have phone lines, something digital, and drones. And basically, they're not getting anything. Um, we only saw a little bit of the other two sections. There was one is what we do know, and the only thing I could really make out is is a five mile radius and a hexagonal. So it's a certain area, and they had a who's behind this. And they had scrolls, question mark. Yep. <laughs> so they, they, yeah, they were going everywhere. That's always fun. I love anytime this, this, cause the scrolls can be involved at any point of the story. They, they could be retconned at any point in the story. That's yep. just one of the coolest aspects of those villains, quote unquote, cause sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But the scrolls are always I, interesting. I personally can't wait until the Secret Invasion t- mm-hmm. television show. So Kevin Foggy himself during an interview said that Secret Invasion is going to be way more scrolled down than it actually was in the comics, which isn't very exciting to me because the biggest part was how it was such a huge event, but it's still going to be awesome. So I'm not sure if this is going to like move into the movies where it does become a bigger thing. But for now, we know that Secret Invasion is Samuel Jackson, um, Nick Fury and and I guess going into that whole thing from Captain uh, Captain Marvel. But it is cool that they said, are the scrolls involved? Because it was such a big deal that scrolls were shown in Captain Marvel and then Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They're going to be something. And it's going to be a big deal. It's not going to be for WandaVision, but it will be something big soon. Right. So, Jimmy, let me ask you, were any of the names of the citizens in Westview important? So on the whiteboard, when they're showing just the characters from the town, Herb's real name is John Collins and Mrs. Hart's real name is Sharon Davis. And they are the two of the show's art directors. So they're just Mm. Easter eggs. Okay. Okay. The thing that obviously we want to talk about is that every single citizen of the town, every single person that lives in the town that they wanted to, wanted to put on the board had an actual name 
except for Agnes and Dottie wasn't even on the board. Mm -hmm. So the hearts, both were people that weren't the hearts. They're real people. Uh Uh, Herb was a real person or is a real person. Norm's a real person. Uh, Is Norm's Dottie's husband, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and then play with the mustache, and then also the person that works with Vision that was in the background of one of the pictures, he was identified as well. So, Agnes, I I feel like this is just confirming she's going to be Agatha Harkness. I don't see how it could really go any other way. Dottie is very interesting, and something again that I want to bring up, Luke. I really think that if we have Mephisto, it's going to be Agatha's husband, but. Mephisto could take the shape of anything he wants. He's like a scroll. Like he could be Dottie. Like he could just be in, in Dottie's uh, form right now. You know, that would be amazing. just he can infiltrate and be, you know, he could just show up as Dottie or whatever. So I think it's important that Dottie's not even shown and the husband, the absentee husband of Agnes is not shown either. Now, I don't know if he's not shown because he's absentee. So he's literally never even shown up on the sitcom. So that would actually make sense that they don't even know that he is a thing. But Dottie is a huge deal that, that her husband's shown, but not her. Like, she's there, but no name. Man, the second that Dottie's face, like, she's going to do the whole thing where she turns away from the camera, turns back, and it's going to be Evan Peters. It's going to be the best <laughs> fucking moment. Cannot yeah, wait. Dude, as, as soon as they give any reveal to Mephisto being involved in any way, dude, we are going to lose it. And that would be it's so such cool. a... It's such a weird thing because it was heating up so much a year ago or so when Evan Peters was cast where they were just like, okay, no matter what, this is Quicksilver. He's back. It's just going to be Fox's Quicksilver. Then people were saying he's Mephisto for the longest time. The show started and it was more Mephisto. Now I'm actually seeing recently since episode four, more talk of him being Quicksilver again. So it's just... You know, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, we're going to get Evan Peters. We just don't know how or well, what. Now that you say that, um, you you said Mephisto can take the shape of anybody. Maybe he goes against Wanda and takes the shape of Pietro because, you know, as, that, as Evan Peters quicks. That would be sweet. That so, would be unbelievably meta. That'd be fucking dope. Yeah. So, so he shows, so it's Mephisto, but he shows up as Quicksilver, Evan oh Peters, Quicksilver. Yeah, that would yeah. be, that would be awesome. You just nailed it, bro. Just to fuck with Wanda. That would be so cool. Dude, I just, how many episodes are there? Nine, eight? Nine. Yeah, oh, nine. God, dude. I just, I just want to say for our audience, by the way, Twitter's blowing up. A lot of big names that I'm not going to name are blowing up with theories that are coming out about, oh, is Mephisto coming? Oh, all this stuff that they're talking about that we were talking about. In episode one. So this is Benstown <laughs> TV, everybody. <laughs> Our first episode, we did a great job of laying out a lot of the possible theories. And sure, we're checking off the ones that are getting crushed with new information, but we still have some good ones out there. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, Reverse House of M is always on the board, set up for Secret Invasion, Mephisto, Evan Peters being potentially quick so i love it all and honestly those are the those are the biggest things i'm like watching for when i'm going through the episode but that's one of the biggest complaints i've been seeing on social media a lot of a lot of people are happy with episode four and they think they agree it's pretty consensus that it's the best one but people are still a little nervous that they haven't even hinted at a big bad yet and mephisto we only have that because we have outer knowledge yeah there's nothing in the show that really hints at mephisto being a thing yet and we could just be getting our hopes up but that is a lot yeah. of complaints is that because like we talked, maybe beekeeper was potentially going to be a villain, but that's, that's out the window. So there really isn't any villains in sight except for Wanda herself. And that's still on the table. I think where she, Oh yeah. Full bad. I mean, 
the end of this, which we're, we're about to jump into, is it, it shows her in a negative light. Yeah. Now, really quick, we get the scene. I think Paul was already talking about where they're going through the, the scene where they're trying to get all the research and they're showing them messing with the TV broadcasting and they're watching, taking notes of the episodes. One thing I wanted to say is they actually brought up that there were two episodes that aired before episode one that we saw. So there's two technically two sitcom episodes that were airing before our first one that we saw. So that isn't te- that isn't actually canon the first episode of quote unquote their sitcom. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's yeah. crazy. But also what I wanted to say is that they they specifically showed the part where they send the drone in and then they have a picture of the helicopter and then he says why did you colorize it and she said I didn't and everyone looks confused and then Jimmy is looking at it and he's saying, well, why the hell are they changing the production of it? And why are they making it look this way? And, and you know, he's saying to go with the time of the sitcom. And then someone else is saying to render it useless. You know, it's it, pretty much everything we were saying. Why is it this or why is it that is what they're saying. They are literally us right now. And why they Jimmy asked a great question. Jimmy Wu, that is not you. Uh, nah. Why, why is there a broadcast in the first place? And eventually we get to the scene where Geraldine, AKA Rambo gets figured out by Wanda and Wanda looks at her. It was cool because as soon as Rambo mentioned Ultron, Wu was like, she just said, Ultron, have we ever referenced like the real world before? And they said, no, they were like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. So, Wanda gets mad, approaches her, and it cuts to credits. So yep. they go on to say somebody's censoring the broadcast. Yep. So why is there a broadcast in the first place? And then somebody is just censoring it as well. And to skip forward a little bit, when Rambo gets thrown out at the end, when she's on her back, she says, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. So do you guys think that too? Do you think she's the one like censoring it and she's basically the one broadcasting it for no reason? I don't know. I, I think that I have a theory that will go at the end, but I still think that she's doing everything. Everything is Wanda. All this actual stuff that is happening in Westview is Wanda. I think that there is going to be a a big bad. I think she is going to be maybe manipulated in a way. I have a theory of what it could be. But I still think everything technically power wise is Wanda. Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty much proven that everything is Wanda inside Westview. We just don't know, like you said, Paul, is she also censoring the broadcast? Is she broadcasting in the first place? Mm -hmm. It seems like they're trying to say that the radiation from Westview is giving off the CMBR, which is allowing it to be a broadcast. So maybe it's a broadcast by accident, which is kind of weird, but Wu also had a line where he thinks that the anomaly might be expanding subterraneously, meaning it might be getting bigger. And uh, Darcy kind of had a comment about it too. When drill sergeant said something, we were told that the radiation levels are safe. She goes, yeah, I mean, for now. So yeah, it's, it could be, this is like basically a practice run for Wanda and she's like trying to do this reality and maybe she'll use her powers. And whenever she like creates mutants, if she does do that, um, she's just going to expand this anomaly throughout as far as she could. 
Yeah, and I think it's really cool going back to the sensor thing. We see the part with Dottie and the radio, and they are trying to watch and see what's going to happen, and it cuts. And then they rewind to see what's going on, and it cuts. It cuts to commercial. It's literally like a broadcast where they're like, oh, we someone cursed on live TV. Let's cut the commercial or something. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. So, yeah. And they're trying to – there's no way – that they can watch it. They're, I thought that maybe if when they rewinded it one or two more times, something was going to show up or something, but they're just keep, no matter what it's the broadcast is censored. So, uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's really cool that they have that happening. And uh, also to add on to that scene, I know we mentioned it earlier, but they didn't see the, re- the actual communication from the radio that Jimmy, when Jimmy was talking into, you know, when he was talking right. to Wanda, they didn't see the, that it was working. So they think it was a failure. Then we get another quick scene where we just connect the dots for the beekeeper actually going through the force field, which gets rewinded. I don't think we see him again, but uh, yeah. And that's another big question. What happens when you get rewinded like that? I mean, vision, we don't know if he's a real person, so he gets rewinded and it's just whatever. He's still standing there, but the beekeeper went back backwards. Yeah. And I I don't, as soon as she says no, and it just cuts, you don't see him again. So is he being held prisoner? Was he just completely destroyed, like disintegrated? Is he just like completely? Well, that would be erased? pretty damn dark of Wanda to erase him or, or disintegrate him. Then we're getting into heel turns there, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so we obviously know now it's like you said, Luke and Paul, it's not any kind of it's not a it's not a villain coming through as the beekeeper. It's literally just a suit that she turned into a beekeeper, just like the helicopter to make it make sense in the actual uh, Westview anomaly when he was in the tunnel crawling i did like how as soon as he crossed the anomaly wall the rope that was attached to him just turned into like a jump rope and it got pulled up so it's doing exactly what we were saying it's as soon as something goes in there it changes it to make sense in that reality Mm yeah yeah so also cross off the aim theory which that wasn't one of our big theories anyway but a lot of people were thinking aim just because of the beekeeper reference so again cross that off but we're good it's not then another another big theory we can cross off it's not even a theory but a, a factual point about what's going on now is that it's confirmed beyond belief that vision is just uh, a manifestation of her powers. Cause we get that quick flash of him dead, right? Like what he looks mm-hmm. like in, at the end of end game. So we know he's not, she didn't like bring him back to life. I know we mentioned that was a possibility and she like made a fake mindset or whatever. So that is kind of off the table. And I think she does have his, maybe his dead body in there, but he's not sentient. I don't think anything so, problems for him. Okay. Well, I want to actually ask you about that then, because I felt like you could take it two ways. I felt like you could definitely take it your way, or I felt like you could take it the way where it's it's a vision that she either created or sees, and then she, because of the Ultron thing, she's seeing flashbacks to what he yeah. looked like before he died. I kind of, yeah, I kind of want to run through that scene because it kind of makes sense about maybe why she did see that dead version. So basically this is when Rambo breaks, he mentions Ultron, and Wanda goes on this rant saying, you are a trespasser. You're not a friend. You're not my neighbor. You are trespassing. And I would like you to leave and just destroys her, like throws her through two walls and a fence and sends her flying, which that's amazing. She's alive, first of all. And two, the wall that she sent Rambo through <laughs> was like 30 feet 
from where Vision was talking to Herb and the neighbors. How yeah. did you not see or hear anything of that at all? That that's like one thing that I was like, all right, I, that that's what matter. I th- I don't think it matters because I don't think yeah. Vision is you know like mm. he's not taking Luke. new information and giving original thoughts. I think it's just a matter but, like part of her world. He was giving original thoughts, um, though, because last episode he was kind of going through saying, "Hey, Wanda, this isn't right." And went back, and he does kind of when he was talking to the neighbors, he was like asking them questions and trying to basically be detective by himself. And I feel like that wasn't programmed. He wasn't programmed to do that by Wanda. So I really don't know what the hell is going on with him. We get one thing where you think he's just completely made up, and then there's another one where he's like something sentient, but like doesn't have memory. It's so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, I mean, it, it's exactly like you're going to say about with the twins. Are they real? I mean, if we want to get, if you want to talk again about the twins, we didn't talk about them at all in this. A quick, quick ex- explanation of how they are in the comics is there's two twins that are born. They are literally pieces of Mephisto's soul and Wanda's chaos magic. That's how they're created. So they're not real. Mm. Then Wanda finds out they're not real. And they disappear. They're gone. And then it's then Wiccan and Speed are brought back later as teenagers. And it's never really explained if they're the same kids or if their souls went into two other kids. Like they actually talk about the the fact that two kids could have been either born, souls put into them and then grow up as Billy and Tommy, or two kids could be like 14, have the souls get put into them, mine gets erased, and they're Billy and Tommy. So they actually don't grow up as kids. So I don't know if they're going to do that for this show. I'm I'm just going to assume that for MCU, they're just going to like exist. But what I'm trying to get at is the way that they exist in the comics could be how Vision exists in the show, where he's not actually real. And then as soon as she figures out he's not real, he's going to disappear. But when she thought they were real, they were still actual characters. They were doing things. They weren't like totally NPCs, like you were saying, Luke, or something. So it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah. To, to finish out this scene, uh, right before vision comes back in, Wanda basically fixes all the walls she goes back to the babies and that's when vision comes in saying, where's Geraldine is everything. All right. Oh, she had to go. And vision has a line saying like, are you sure everything's okay? Like, do we fit in here? And Wanda, this is right when she looks up to when she turns around from the cribs and that's when she sees dead vision. So maybe like you were saying, Jimmy, the Ultron, the fact that, she was snapped out of her reality by that Ultron comment from Rambo. Maybe that like kind of threw her off. And when she looked at vision, her vision, she saw this dead vision because she realized because of the outside world, he's like actually dead. Yeah. So that's why she just got, I mean, I think it's very both options. Luke's and what Luke said earlier and what we're saying now are both on the table. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. Wanda's powers. I missed seeing them animated. The CGI red. It's just so fucking badass. And like when she was putting the wall back together and shooting Geraldine through it before that, it just looked so much cooler. Then when she's just yep. moving random things in the kitchen to and the ham and stuff like that. I just love her powers visually. 
of what it looks I like. I think it's also very important to say that this is the first time we're seeing those visual powers and not just the sitcom funny stuff or just the anything she does, like you're saying, Luke, is like I Dream a Genie or whatever, or Bewitched or whatever you want to say. It's just all moving around. But now the chaos magic's back, baby, and we're loving it. Yeah. Oh, it's sweet. She says, don't worry. I have everything under control. So House of M. <laughs> a straight up quote from it? <laughs> no, it's not. But it's basically like, I mean, the point of House of M is she loses control. And it's mm. obvious she's losing control. Gotcha. So something we didn't actually say, we talked about it a little bit last time. Wanda has the remark about the necklace saying, like, where'd that come from? We do see that uh, Rambo does have a badge around her neck. Yeah. Um, when she did get sucked in. But then there's like all these questions, like when she got sucked in, was she in her like modern day clothing or they made a comment like, oh, she's like going deep cover now. She's just playing along with it. We don't have answers to what happened when she first got sucked in. It Did it just change her clothes and throw her in there or did she consciously make a decision? I'm going to get close to Wanda and just play along. Yeah. And, and we never really got the answer yet as to what knocks her in and out of reality. You know, we see her in the background of the sitcom and Darcy saying, is that Monica Rambo? And is she okay? She seems okay, but she's acting like weird. And then she comes out and we don't get any answers as to what made her decide to talk about Ultron and Quicksilver. I think that's going to be one of the first conversations we get in the beginning of episode five is getting some information drops from Monica Rambo to whether it be Darcy, Tyler, and Jimmy. Jimmy, you said you did have a little bit more of a, a theory you wanted to hit on. Yeah. So the only thing I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of ways to fit in Mephisto here. And I really do think, especially after episode four, with how she reacts to Monica Rambeau, how it's pretty obvious that she is controlling everything. We pretty much have confirmation that she's doing all of this. But the way I can see maybe Mephisto coming in is we have not gotten the aftermath yet. But we haven't seen what happens between Vision's death after Endgame and then to Westview. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking in that space, we're going to figure out what happens with Wanda and why she starts going a little crazy. So I'm thinking that in this time, maybe she starts being upset, going, having a little breakdown, crying, whatever, really sad that Vision's dead. And our boy Mephisto shows up. And like his whole thing is he's like, he's a trickster, man. He's trying to take advantage of Wanda. So I'm thinking that maybe he's manipulating her and he says, you know what? You can have Vision back. You can have everything you want. You have the power. Do it. You know, and he's and he has something to gain from it, maybe. So he's there. Maybe he is Dottie or maybe he's another character making sure it's manipulated in his way. But I still think that it's Wanda doing everything. And the fact that how angry she showed herself in the end of episode three and the end of episode four and how like it was a lot more angry than I was expecting in episode four. I'm down with this heel turn. I'm down with her being the bad guy. To go along with what you were saying, Mephisto loves making people make 
like very hard decisions and he loves watching like the chaos. Like he is like a jokester, like you're saying. We've talked about it, but like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance mission, he literally has two people hanging on a cha- cages and says like, all right, pick one and the other one's going to die. So if Wanda is like going through this misery, creating her own reality, Mephisto could totally just be like, wow, this is interesting and entertaining. I want to watch it play out and see what happens. And I don't know, maybe gain from it, but yeah, he could but totally, he, he could be attracted to her raw magical power as well. So that mm-hmm. is what he has to gain of using that for his own benefit. There's a lot of outs to make Mephisto work. And that's the best thing is like the more information we're getting, nothing is taking that off the table. And that's going to be a sad episode. If they do something where he's just automatically put off the show, like where he can't yeah. have possibility anymore. Yeah. I, I really think it would be kind of weird to do the, Mephisto pieces of his soul creating the twins thing like I feel like that's more of a comic story that's that would be hard to translate to the screen but if they want they can make that happen and make the whole point of this Mephisto wanted kids I mean that's why he talked Wanda into having kids in the first place in the comics so if they want the twins to be a big deal and part of Mephisto's story I mean we already know it's it's happening in a very similar way as the comics Man, dude, I'm so happy that's been heating up. Like, this is, I'm ready for episode five. It's going to be dope. We're going to get some good, hopefully, Darcy stays as a main character throughout it because she's great, fresh, makes this the story of non Westview way better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, this is, this is better and I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at right now. I wonder with the introduction of Darcy if this is somehow going to connect into Thor Love and Thunder. We know Natalie Portman is coming back and she's literally going to like hold the hammer and everything. So this really could open up like phase four of the MCU into like so many crazy different ways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, on Twitter, I read that people were confirming that WandaVision happens before Spider-Man Far From Home as well. So this is going to have to do with a lot of stuff, man. This is going to be causing some big changes in the in the MCU for years and years to come. And as we found out in that Spider-Man Far From Home, the scrolls were in there playing Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. And they were at the end credit scene. They had that long conversation and it showed Nick Fury out God knows where. The one thing I'm looking forward to, hopefully we get next episode, we were talking about introduction to Big Bad. If it's yeah. Mephisto, I hope we get a hint towards that. It. needs to be hinted at more because this is, is it going to just be a one and done season? Like it's, it's not going to be a WandaVision 2 ever, right? No, it's so supposed to just go right into whatever else happens in the MCU. So if there's a culmination in episode nine and it's a bad guy that's not Wanda, I'm saying it's time to introduce him in next episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's a big bad. And he doesn't get introduced till episode eight or nine, then he better be a big bad in a lot of other movies or at yeah. least one other big movie. Yeah, I'm with you. But yeah, another phenomenal episode. That's going to do it for us, guys. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And also subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We're on all platforms. Check us out on bingetowntv.com as well. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.